Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Track Podcast. The podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to recap the worst Chicago Red Stars lost in their NWSL history. Chicago Red Stars lose their regular season opener to Portland Thorns 5-0. And believe it or not, there's actually not a whole lot of great stuff to go through in this game. So we're going to get through all of the other stuff around this game. And uh, there's a lot to get through, so I couldn't do it alone. So I'm joined here today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. Claire, how you doing today, homie? I'm good. I'm glad we took a day to reflect on this because I'm feeling a little bit more stabilized today than I did yesterday. I woke up yesterday morning very just like, what? happened it was it was the mixture of the champions league final and that portland chicago game where i was like this didn't feel this felt like we were kind of breaking the space and time continuum here with both of those games Um, yeah absolutely it felt uh for lack of a better word for me i'm gonna say surreal yeah right it was surreal i had an out-of-body experience (laughs) (laughs) Watching this match, Um, we chatted a bit about it. Like we, you and I were texting each other through it. Yeah. Um, We contemplating for this and and chatting pre-podcast about it. I know we both, we both like wrote our notes down. I, I was doing this. I was working on this last night and I was like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm writing an intervention letter where I'm just like (laughs) writing down the things where I'm like, so this is coming you know, from a place of love, but I just don't want to forget anything. And some some of us have um some of us have roles in this space, right? <laughs> some of some of them might be a coach or yeah. assistant. Maybe your role in this space is is a player. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a pro player in this space, or maybe you're somebody in the media and in this space, and you have a job to do as well. And I think you and I came to mutual agreement that this wasn't a good game to talk about. So we have to talk about it as if it was what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A really poor performance. Yes. And um, so that's how we're going to talk about it. So I guess consider this your warning. Right. Uh, if you are one of our faithful listeners, uh, we did try to find some silver linings in this and they will come closer towards the end of this segment uh, when we go over this game. But for the most part, not a lot of great things to talk about in this game. And that's how we're going to talk about them. Right. I think the whole point. Yeah. I I've been thinking about this a lot actually, which is that like there is, there's absolutely both short-term and long-term hope for this team, but they are, what we're going to talk about is based in reality a little bit here. Um, We're not going to lie to you. This, this was rough and it felt rough in kind of a new and different way. So we're going to get into it and we're going to tell you what we think. And it's just our opinion, right? Yep. Just our perspective. The other disclaimer I want to make here off the top as well is we're going to talk about some tactical decisions and we're going to talk about some personnel decisions and we're going to talk about some individual and team performances. And it's a, just a good reminder, which is just to say that um, we are not in the locker room and we are not in training. So there are things going on behind the scenes that we are not privy to. We can only just react to what we are told by the team and what we see on the field. And so that is coming from that perspective. And I never want people to think that we feel like we know, or we think that we know what is exactly going on because we don't, we just have to kind of piece this together 
just like everybody else. All right. Well, with that. <laughs> what a way to start, huh? Let's do that soccer. Yeah, let's do that soccer. <laughs> let's do that soccer. Uh, let's let's also take a, a step back, too. I also, again, since we're giving disclaimers and, pre- and prefacing things, I also want to preface and, and hype us because, you know, we had to preview this game. We previewed this game, and I think we were also pretty honest in that preview as well. Uh, we didn't feel I don't want to say we didn't feel great but I, I will I think it's un, you know it's totally fair to say that we didn't feel super confident heading into this opening match against the Challenge Cup winning Portland Thorns and uh, it turns out we were correct uh, in that assessment so getting into this game finally despite all of those things it's still game day it's still match day you get up for those days we get up for those days and uh, it's exciting because it's the Red Stars and that's who we cover and that's what we talk about here. And also it was really exciting because it's the regular season and it's just a different beast. Right. And the NWSL hasn't had a regular season since 2019. And it's exciting to finally have this sort of long marathon as type of season that this team gets to go through that historically, you know, they've done pretty well when it comes to running a marathon. And uh, while Based in history, we know and are not unfamiliar with slow starts or struggles in the beginning of the opening weeks. This one just feels a little different. The lens of this one just just felt a little different. So Chicago hit the road and headed off to Portland to open up their regular season. Uh, Providence Park, a place that historically hasn't been too kind to the Red Stars, right? And uh, that history will continue to follow them uh, after a match like this. Uh, still a lot of things to get excited for and particularly I think the lineups too for this game we previewed this game and we knew that uh, the Red Stars were going to be without Morgan Gatra uh, due to a suspension stemming from the Challenge Cup you know but even without a, a huge player like that a lot of talent on the Chicago Red Stars side to go up against uh, a very talented Portland Thorn side and I think this was a match you know, on paper that many people were, you know, excited to take a look at and see. So getting into these starting 11s, I'm just going to go with the hosts first so that we can sort of get our impressions on those. For Portland Thorns FC, <laughs> they lined up as followed. They had Adriana French in net, Kristen Westfall, Kelly Hubley, Becky Sauerbrunn, Megan Klingenberg, Crystal Dunn, Rocky Rodriguez, Lindsay Horan, Sophia Smith, uh, Christine Sinclair, and Morgan Weaver to round out their starting 11 strong. Strong, 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 Claire. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of wrote it like a four, three, three, but it was pretty clearly a four, four, two, um, because Christine Sinclair has been playing the 10 for, for Portland. Um, I thought two, two things. (laughs) Thing number one is I was like, God damn it. Mark Parsons. He knows this Chicago team so well. And yes, you play, you start Rocky, you start Rocky Rodriguez against Chicago and you go in there with a numerical advantage in the midfield because Chicago did end up coming out with a four, three, three, though. I don't know if Portland knew exactly that they were going to do that, but Chicago decided not to kind of stray from that. Um, and basically they were just, it's everything that we said. They were going to ball win like crazy. They were going to muscle them out in the midfield. They were going to let both Dunn and Haran run, and they were going to give Sinclair good opportunities up front with their two young ones running right at the central defense. And, I thought, you know, 
this is going to be really tough. And, and it felt again, not only because Portland is so good, but because Portland knows Chicago better than Chicago even knows themselves. And that was almost frustrating, even just to see from that starting 11. And then I also thought, well, if Chicago's got anything here, you know, Kristen Westfall is maybe someone to target. Kelly Hubley might be someone to target. Um, but <laughs> uh, that ended up not being so much of a weakness, right? So um, didn't didn't get there. Didn't get no. there. Yeah, I mean, I same same vibes. Uh, I said strong, strong, strong for across yeah. all across all right. three lines. Um, we we know what what Rocky Rodriguez can do. We're we're both big fans of her as a player in this league. Um, she's always put up big games uh, against the Red Stars, and that was absolutely the move uh, for this yep. match. Was zero percent shocked when she got the start uh, over Angela Salem and uh, Crystal Dunn. I know there was uh, maybe some reaction to her couple games in the Challenge Cup with this team, where she looked like maybe she still needed to get acclimated with them. And I had just hoped, hoped against all hopes that this wasn't going to be the game where that happened. And turns out uh, she proved that to be <laughs> that that hope to be wrong as well. Um, yeah, strong all, all, all the way around. So to look at Chicago's starting 11 and to see how they were maybe going to go against uh, this team, they lined up as followed. They had Alyssa Nair and Nett, Aaron Wright, Sarah Gordon, Turner Davidson, and Casey Kruger to run out their back line. They had... Julie Ertz, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo to run out the mid. Uh, they had Kalia Watt, Mallory Pugh, and Katie Johnson to run out their top line. And um, I think looking at this starting 11, on any other day on, on paper, I like this starting 11. I think there's a lot of good pieces here. I like that it looked like there was a decision that was made when it came to the front line in, in Watt, Pugh, and Johnson. Uh, and you look at these type of names composed on a roster like this, and you're like, well, at the very least, maybe this is uh, this is a roster that can go out there and, and compete for a result. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by the midfield selection, to be completely honest. I thought they might go with a 4-4-2 and just put Sarah Woldmo in there. Um, I thought that this is something that we've seen from Chicago in the past, and I think you can look at it two different ways. You can either say they need to be consistent with their system and win or die, like live or die by that system and learn things about how it plays against other teams. Um, that four, three, three, or you look at it and you say, well, <laughs> our best, one of our best ball winners and one of our best possession style players is out for this game. And we're going to try not to get embarrassed here. And we're going to um, play with a four, four, two. And so what actually ended up playing out is uh not only did Chicago have a numerical disadvantage in the midfield, but they were just also player for player outplayed. So that's how it turned into something kind of as disastrous as this match, which is, I think you can go, I think there are arguments for a sink or swim approach with this, but they sunk. <laughs> and so maybe you can look at that as an indictment of the starting 11 choices, or you can say, well, I guess you got, you got your data on this, you know? So I don't know. I think that I feel a little bit differently about the four, three, three this year than I have in past years in that it really made sense with the personnel that they had in past years. I'm not sure it does right now, especially with some of the individual performances that we're seeing in, in the midfield and in the front line. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, given our, our preview of this game and our prediction that maybe it might not go well, I think additionally, one of my initial reactions to this particular starting 11 where I was like, put Julie Ertz in the 10. Fuck it. Right. I was like, just put her higher somewhere and just see what happens. And that's just sort of how I felt. That was just sort of the energy that I had going into the game. And um, honestly, that's the energy that I still kind of have going out of this game too. Um, got to try some stuff. I know it's match day one, but uh, I think you got to try some stuff now. Right. Um, the match got off to terrible start. Uh, probably the worst way you want to start a game in soccer. Uh, the Red Stars, unfortunately, were the victims of an own goal. Portland did what they did, and uh, they got on the ball immediately. We saw a lot of great counterpressing from them. And right within the opening five minutes of this match, uh, ton of chaos sort of out on that left wing. Ball gets served in um, by Sophia Smith. It gets uh, takes a deflection off of Turner Davidson, and it's an own goal to open up this game. And the Red Stars are immediately down 1-0 in the fourth minute. And uh, it only gets worse from there, guys. Uh, the Red Stars struggle to really try to get a grip on this game. Uh, they struggle to really try to play themselves into it. Um, Sophia Smith continued to have herself a day. Um, the midfields appear to have some struggles in that middle third. And we saw a penalty awarded coming up into the like 10th or 11th minute. And the Red Stars is that they're still struggling to sort of deal with all of this pressure from the Thorns. We, we see Mallory Pugh, um, you know, trying to put in some defensive work, right, as a striker. And uh, against the savvy veteran in, in Megan Kliegenberg, who took a, a small bump and, you know, turned it into a leapfrog of a collapse and earned a penalty kick uh, for Portland Thorns. And, of course, when you have somebody like Christine Sinclair stepping up to the spot, guess what? Got converted, and all of a sudden the rest Stars are down 2-0 in 12 minutes, Claire. I will say, though, Nayer read that PK pretty well. It just had just enough pace on it. She guessed right. She stayed low. It just was too good of a PK. Um, no good PK is savable, but um, I, I was impressed. I was just impressed by it. She guessed right. It was good form there. Uh, she did all she could. Um, yeah, I mean, Chicago's set piece defending is a concern in addition to the other concerns. I think that they're very vulnerable on set pieces. Uh, Rory Dames talked about that after the match. Um, another. And it is also, again, this is another instance of these kinds of statistically unlikely uh, scenarios turning into goals. Yeah. Um, it It's really troubling that a lot of these, the, the later goals that Portland scored were, were not this. These were just well done. But these first two goals here were both completely unnecessary. Yeah. And you can call it, again, you can call it bad luck, but it keeps happening. And I don't know if it's, just a lack of communication in the back. If it is truly just the universe, you know, striking Chicago down or what? I also think that if you want to rage against Portland a little bit, you totally can. I think that Portland, um, 
I think we just kind of saw in this game how poorly they actually played in the Challenge Cup final. Um, Crystal Dunn had a really good game. Lindsay Horan had a really good game. Sophia Smith had probably her best game in a Thorns jersey. Um, they're ridiculously stacked. I it's it's one of those things where yes, we're going to talk about Chicago because that's the team that we're focused on and we care about. But um, Portland is frustratingly good from the opposition's perspective, I think, as well. So it's a mixture mm-hmm. of things. So it's tough to go down to two goals like that, right? You're down an own goal in five minutes, another five or six minutes pass, and and you're you're down two goals because of, of a penalty kick. Um, it that's tough. That that's hard on I think that's hard on you mentally, right? Sure. When you're already going up against a team. Um that is that talented and sort of has that winning culture. Right. And uh, to try to credit the Red Stars in, in the very few moments where there were some good things, you know, e- even going down to goals, I guess the other side of the mentality of that is that you're down to goals, but you're down to goals pretty early in the game. Um, so shout out to, to Katie Johnson for, for trying to put in work on that top line, you know, winning, you know, a, a free kick for the team shortly after the penalty kick. Uh, and then, and then the Red Stars winning a corner and you're thinking like, cool, like they're responding right in this very small two to three minute window, you're seeing a response from the team. And that was so short lived because as they win these, you know, free kicks, as they win these corners and really force uh a keeper like Adriana French to have to come out and play a ball, you know, come collect it, save it. Um, again, Claire alluding to this, uh, where the judgment calls were here because Ad French gets a hold of this ball and just distributes the shit out of it. <laughs> and all of the sudden, uh, Morgan Weaver is on a fast break on this distribution and she finds her second year <laughs> partner in, in Sophia Smith. And all of a sudden she's in the box behind the line uh, and makes it three zero in minute 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a great play by French, very good vision, obviously from her. Um, but those opportunities only exist because Chicago was defensively disorganized in a moment. And they thought that, Portland wasn't going to punish him for it. Uh, so you, you push, right? You push, you leave yourself vulnerable. It was a very obviously super duper direct uh, play that, you know, I don't know if that works, you know, nine times out of 10, but it worked that time. Um, but I think that what Portland was able to successfully do is basically have this game played out in slow motion. And if every single player on Chicago's team was just like a step behind they could kind of try stuff and and do what they wanted to do. And that one worked just like the short corner worked, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's super direct. Yep. And I think also you just, we talked about this in the OL rain game. We talked about this in the Kansas city game. When you let a team that's playing against you have such confidence that they can execute against your back line, they actually elevate their game. So it's just a rough combination of things. And then, um, I mean, we're about to talk about what happens next. And then I just, yeah, the, yeah. Ugh, man. Yeah. It's like you're in this moment where you're like, okay, 
you're down. This team is down three goals in 16 minutes. Um, tough to come back from. Probably not. You're yeah. looking at the, you know, especially for like the two of us who've been covering this team for a long time. I think we watch a game like this and we go, okay, that's, that's done. Um, and then it gets worse, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, before we actually get into a fourth goal, we're going to flip the script a little bit because it was not insult to injury. It was not uh, injury to insult. It was, <laughs> it was not insult to injury. It was injury to insult. Um, Juliertz and, and Rocky Rodriguez, you know, mutually go in for a play on the ball. And Juliertz ends up coming out on the worst side of that. Yeah. Uh, again, two people, you and I, two people covering this team for a long time. Um, Juliertz just doesn't stay down. That's again where it's just like this game was just unsettling, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was it was rat it was rattling in, in all the worst kind of ways. Yeah. And um Julie Ertz gets looked at and has to come off of the pitch. And um they make a substitution. This team makes a substitution for Julie Ertz. And who do you sub in for your captain Julie Ertz? You sub in Rachel Hill. Yeah. Rachel Hill comes in for Julie Ertz in the 29th minute. And in the 30th minute, the nightmare continues and the Red Stars go down four goals by none other than Sophia Smith, who just had herself a day. This kid just had herself a day in this game. And it was Morgan Weaver, once again, who assisted that goal. Tough, 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 because that was it was a goal that just was another one of these goals. that just looked like a very lethal, demoralizing type of goal. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I think you have Ertz go down and it messes with even the attempt to kind of see out the rest of the half without conceding another. Uh, I don't know if Sarah Woldmo wasn't warmed up. Maybe I don't know what that choice was to bring Rachel Hill on. Um, Because I mean, at that point, I don't think you can really go attacking until you can get them to stop scoring on you. But um, (laughs) you got to do one before you can do the other. Um, Yeah. So I, I'm sure, I mean, I, I wasn't able to participate in in post game, but um, I would be interested to know if that was just sort of a game state situation where they had someone who was ready to go and they weren't trying to risk injury to somebody else. But um, yeah, they go down for nothing. It's before before halftime. Yeah. Before halftime. yeah. They're down four goals in 30 minutes. Yeah. They they play out these final, you know, 10, 15 minutes to get into to halftime, which what do you talk about? What do you say to each other or as a coaching staff to your team when you're down four zero? At halftime. Right. Um, congrats, you know, for not conceding a fifth goal in the final 15 of the first half. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, because for Portland, to their credit, um, did not care. Uh, yeah. And they shouldn't. I mean, this is professional sports. Um, if you're two pro teams going head to head and you're having a day like that, why are you going to stop? Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, they didn't. I mean, they they closed out their half still 
you know, Kristen Westfall was having herself a day. Uh, Kalia Watt struggled with that a, a bit. Uh, Kristen Westfall, I think, had the most chances created for yeah, Portland Bruins yeah. on this day. Um, still whipping a ball in, trying to link up with somebody like Lindsey Horan. Um, you know, the Red Stars still having to deal with the pressure and the counter press from them conceding corners, you know, just because they were trying their best to stop things before halftime. And eventually um, they did get into halftime and, and you wonder, well, this game is done, right? You're down four goals at halftime. What are we doing in the second half? So the rest stars come out and they make a couple halftime substitutions. Um, they bring on Tatum Malazzo for Aaron Wright and they bring on Sarah Waldmull for Katie Johnson. Then they go ahead and they, get a start in this, in this second half. And we've covered a red stars team where they've only won one half of a game. Right. And I would venture to say that they didn't exactly win <laughs> the second they half. Didn't. No, they didn't. Um, yeah. You know, because the scoreline was what it was, but you st- they still ended up conceding another goal <laughs> in this, in this, um, in this second half. So this goal comes after after the 70th minute for for Portland Thorns. And um it it comes from Tyler Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a player who uh for the Portland Thorns has um just sort of been in their system for a little while, right? A player who sort of just knows her role is somebody who starts when starters aren't available. Um and it's interesting to see a player like that get a goal considering there's a young duo in, in Weaver and Smith, and clearly they're they're being rated higher, like they're getting the starts for this this team instead of uh, someone like Lucy who's been in, in for a while. So this goal that happens was like a scramble of a goal. It's almost like if there were already two goals that were are maybe considered unlucky, right? Because that's that's sports. You know, sports happens like that sometimes. Sometimes you are unlucky in sports, and that happens. Um, So even if there are two goals that we look in this game and we want to be really soft and say, that was unfair. Like, the two opening goals were tough, unlucky goals. Sure. Um, But this fifth goal, I don't know how much of it you say is uh, unlucky, and I don't know how much of it you say is a combination of unlucky and just, like, end of game, final 15 minutes, you're over it and you're yeah. done. Yeah. This ball just ends up in the box with not a ton of uh, like defenders around it. And Nair, to her credit, tries to make some contact on this ball. But Lucy is also there in the box and is ensures that this ball goes in the back of the net. And I think at the time, just looking back at this play, Sarah Gordon's the only defender really kind of in the vicinity yeah. trying to mark this player. And it just was very symbolic. I think of, of how this game should have ended. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I think in a way you're like, maybe just put a point on it and let's call it what it is. Right. Um, so this is maybe where we start talking about some of the bigger picture stuff here. A um, couple of things. Um, thing number one, is what is this roster that Chicago's built if 
these subs can't really make an impact. Um, if they want to compete with the best teams, uh, they want to compete with the top half of the table. I don't know exactly if this roster construction is, is enough to change the pace of a game or change the setup of a game. They did go into a four, four, two in the second half. Um, but I don't know if they really had the personnel to do that effectively. Um, so there's that issue, which is that, yes, they had one player out on suspension, but that was one player and they did not have the ability to really change this game in any way. Obviously the Ertz thing was, was unlucky, but I, I don't know if you're bringing Rachel Hill on for Julie Ertz, if you're bringing Sarah Woldmo on, um, you know, to, to shore up a, a, a midfield and then you just don't have anything happening offensively. I'm not entirely sure what you've built here. Um, and then I think the, the thing that I found frustrating at the end of this game is that I understand as a person with, with a brain and a heart, how at the end of a game like this one, you just want it to end and you want to get out of there. But in the context of being a professional sports team and being one with a future of a winning culture, these are the moments where you have to work harder and you have to up your game because you refuse to let this scoreline get even more embarrassing. And I'm not sure we saw that. And I'm going to do something here, which is I'm going to equate this a little bit to the last kind of really nasty scoreline we saw in this league, which was what North Carolina did to Portland in the later stages of 2019. And when that happened to the Thorns, in the same way that this happened to Chicago, that's when you start to say, okay, short term, there are things you can do here to make some tweaks stop the bleeding, keep developing the project. But you also have to start looking at who can we put out here who is going to play for their teammates and play for each other and give everything that they possibly have because they care about what people think about their team. And I, I can't do it. I, I'm not pretending that I can, that this is easy. I'm not, but I think we've seen some of the weaknesses in Chicago's culture become the majority of that culture where you have the team that was struggling in the 2019 world cup break to be vocal, to have leaders, to score goals, to, to get wins on Sunday. We saw the team that lost four to nothing in that North Carolina final, except it was worse. And I think that you have to take a hard look at, what tone are we setting? Are people stepping up to what we need them to do? Because I do think part of the issue with this roster is that it needed some players to get better and elevate their game. And it needed some players to maintain the level that they were at. And I don't think we've seen either of those two things. And so that is a managerial issue. That is a roster construction issue. And that is, an, that is a tone that you have to start changing in training. And I don't know if you move people or if you just have some really tough conversations because Chicago needs to be steady in moving forward in the short term, but 
considering this is the team where we're talking about the talent window of a core, I think that there are some signs here that perhaps that dream as is, is not going to come to fruition. I, um, I hope that's fair. I'm really trying to be fair. I know it's the first game of a regular season. It just, well, well, here's here's the thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. And I think you're speaking and we're talking on this podcast after a loss like this is, is two people, you know, who have been watching and covering this team for a long time outside of this podcast, right. quite, fr- quite frankly, um, watching this team go through essentially kind of two shifts, yeah. right. Eras in their NWSL history. Um, seeing a team that, wanted to build itself up through the draft and then they did that you know and then kind of get to a point where they wanted to like go full throttle and kick it into gear and and go out and get somebody like Sam Kerr and develop her alongside somebody like a Yuki Nagasato and then see what they did in in that era and now coming off of 2020 where quite frankly was very unpredictable because of the pandemic and we're still navigating that right now through 2021. But this team went on record during that year saying that 2020 was always going to be a building year for them. Right. And maybe they got cheated out of that a little bit. Um, Maybe they didn't. And I'm not sure what we're seeing now because of what they've gone through is maybe like a direct uh, line between between that, or if this is maybe just a shift in, in something else, because yes, it's very easy to circle this game and say it's one game. And not only is it one game, it's, it's the first game, you know, but I don't think people like us who've covered this team for a while can, can be on this podcast and say it's, it's one game, you know, this team hasn't won a regular season game since their semifinal win in 2019 and this team didn't have a good challenge cup. Right. Period. (laughs) You know? And so you're looking for that next, uh, you're looking for the next step. And that next step is to, to be competitive in the regular season. Yes, I agree. And I think, um, I don't think it's unfair for you to have like, uh, brought up what you've brought up. And I mean, my reactions are similar. I mean, I, I, I tweeted out, I think, towards the end of this game. I think after the fifth goal. I, but I, I said that I'm not sure how you go through the longest preseason ever of all time in NWSL history, a Challenge Cup, an early exit from that Challenge Cup where you got a little bit of a break ahead of the regular season, against an opposition that just won that same challenge cup and then come into this regular season and look this rattled and look this unprepared, make it make sense because. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're right. It's right. It's the first game of the regular season, but it's the fifth game of the year. Um, The fans and us have been very patient with the development of this team. As you said, 
it's got to turn around. It's just got to turn around. Yeah. I have a couple, I well, like going back to my notes. I have a couple other things I, I want to say about the, the larger, larger picture here is I will say this. Um, I, I vehemently disagree with everybody who uses this loss as a way to like relitigate Chicago's entire club history. I don't think that's fair. I think people who say Roy Dane's teams have always underachieved or they've always been like this. No, they haven't. They underachieved twice. There are two things that they should have won that they did not win. They should have won the entire NWSL championship in 2016. And they should have won the shield in 2019. That was underachieving. They underachieved in that 2016 semifinal and they underachieved against bottom table teams in 2019. And those were two instances where they could have gotten trophies and didn't every other time they have lost to teams that are better than them. It's just true. And so you can argue with the roster construction or the culture or whatever, but I don't, I dislike that. I really dislike that because I think that you can't take these results and say, this has always been a big issue with Chicago. No, it hasn't. They've been contenders for a long time. Um, However, I think there are issues to the fact that they didn't win in 2016 and they didn't get the shield in 2019 because we talk about learning lessons a lot from your experiences. We talk about playing in big games and learning from them and progressing from them. And I think what we've seen from some of these players who have been in those big games with Chicago, and there are quite a few of them who joined the team in 2014 or 2015 or 2016. Um, I'm not sure what they've learned are the skills to elevate and move past. I wonder if what they've learned is a sort of that feeling of ambivalence. Let's get out of this game and move on to the next one that we can win. And that is going to be something that probably serves them well in some parts of this season, but it's not the team that we've been talking about for the last six months. Right. Or that has been talking to us for the last six months. And so I think we need to be honest about that. What have you learned from these big games? Because you just went to a big one and that was really rough. Um, Okay. But maybe pivoting now into an opportunity (laughs) Yeah. To, to tweak some stuff. So Julie Ertz is probably out for a while, right? We don't know yeah. how serious. No, um, we don't, we don't have an update on that. I think right. in, in the post game, I did dip my head in there, you know, very, very briefly. Um, he, Rory names was asked about Julie Ertz and he, at the time of post game, didn't want to speculate about anything. All right. he confirmed was that it was a knee area and that she was going to be scheduled to have an MRI right. and that they'll have further updates once that happens. But I think I'm in agreement with you, Claire, that no matter what it is, it could be something like a, 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 bro- a bone contusion, which is not unfamiliar for Julia. She's had to come back from those. Um, but even if it's, that's the best case scenario, right. they're shutting her down. For right. the absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, not great, right? She is, you know, she's been a high performer for them. She's arguably the best player on the team, right? Um, however, if we're seeing a team with a leadership issue, an issue of vocal leadership on the pitch, this is maybe an opportunity to try something new. And we saw um, in last year's Challenge Cup, we saw Rory Dames give the armband to Savannah McCaskill. Um, I, I wrote down... <laughs> Here's what I wrote, guys. I wrote, give the band to the fucking butcher, man. I don't know. 
Give it to the butcher. Give it to the butcher. Um, <laughs> I think you have to start looking at your leadership structure and you're not trying to ruin anybody's confidence, but these are professionals and they've been doing this for a long time. And if something isn't working, you need to find something that does. And you need to identify who is got not only going to be your captain with the arm on there with, you know, the, the sleeve, but who's going to be your captain in voice and in organization. And if you're looking at your roster and that's not obvious who that person is, that's a problem that you need to fix both in the short term and the long term. Um, other things, right. Uh, you call Kelsey Turnbow and you say, please, Join we, the will, we will pay for you to get your MBA at the time of your choosing, but please <laughs> come play for the Red Stars now. Now, shout out to the Santa Clara Broncos. They are the NCAA national champions, and they did it by taking the best collegiate team in sports, Florida State. They did a great job, yeah. The penalties and Kelsey Turbo has had herself one hell of a tournament. Uh, If you've been following us on Twitter, we've been tweeting at you all about it to get a good look at the Chicago Red Stars drafty. She's had quite, quite the tournament. And I am in agreement with you, Claire. I think if you're somebody with power in the Red Stars organization, you're getting on a phone and you're talking to Kelsey Turbo about her plans and her future. Um, they sure could use some of that. Yeah. And if we're talking about Red Star's culture, right? We hear so often about how this team has to always be a highly competitive place in order to make sure that players keep developing and keep putting out good performances. And that includes having a very deep roster with equally competitive players, even if those players are having a tough time cracking that starting 11. So while I do think that there is some benefit in um, having the conversations with your players that, you know, you want to see in the starting 11, giving them that confidence, right. Telling them, Hey, you are who we are going with, right. Let's make it happen. I do absolutely think that there's a benefit in that and a comfort to the players and helping with their confidence. Um, I don't know if you have the last five games, because we're including Challenge Cup in this 2021 yes. lens. We have to. We just have to. Yeah. It's 2021 lens, and in this 2021 lens, there have been five Red Star games in NWSL competition, and uh, they've been struggling. There's no if ends, or buts about it. And... If that's part of the culture that you want to constantly have that competitive aspect, I don't see how you're not trying to get that type of forward in this environment right now, this week. Yep. Yeah. And I think also in that context, um, if you have players on your roster that aren't making 18s or really are not in your subs plan, you got to get on the phone and you got to go find people who are, because I think that, we have some players that are on this team that are not getting looks. Um, we have players who, like we said, we're not in training. We don't know who is performing on the day, but it seems like Chicago's roster is smaller than its number based on the options that they're choosing to go with. And that's not a good place to be. So um, there's that issue as well. I think that 
you, I, or, you know, or everything's fine, but I just don't think that everything's fine. So I don't know. I think that you maybe look at, look at shaking things up. Uh, you know, and again, I don't think that's unfair and I don't think that's unheard of. Again, if we're talking as two people who've been covering this team for a long time, we, this team isn't unfamiliar with that. Yeah, We've seen this team do that. We've seen the front office make those moves. Um, this team is, are not strangers in making moves for the bigger picture, which is the betterment of the team and competing for hardware. Right. You know, they knew they knew that they were going to have to move on from a forward and like Chris and Press. So they went out and they got Sam Kerr. And even in that era, they made additional moves. Yep. They things were not clicking the way they should have been clicking on the pitch or in the locker room or wherever. And so another multi team shifting trade was made in the Sam career. So we, the team saw the departures of longtime red stars and somebody like a, a, a Sam Johnson, somebody like Sofia Huerta and somebody who quite frankly had been developing very well with the red stars and putting in great shifts, you know, in uh, Taylor Camo. So they're not strangers to that. Um, I don't know if this franchise looks at this loss and is motivated to do something like that just right, because yeah, of I don't know. the lens right. that it is. I mean, everything that we heard coming out of post game was what you probably would expect to hear from a team like the Red Stars out of post game. It's game one. It's match day one. You got to have short memories in this league. They were pissed. They were pissed off. They yeah. hated it. Hate to lose. And you hate to lose like that. And they're ready to move on. And they want to look to the home opener against Gotham FC. And that's that's fine. That's fine. And that's great. That's what you want to hear. You know, I think if um, if you hear something like ambivalence, you know, coming out of post game, like, yeah, that that's cause for alarm. Right. But that wasn't the case. Um, so I guess what we're left with now is what's going to be the response, Claire. Right. Um yeah, I think that, you know, like I said, I, I don't really adhere to a lot of the noise whenever, you know, casuals come in and say, oh, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. Eh, you know, you will follow heard this team. It all before, hey, exactly. You follow this team long enough. I, I don't know if I'm like, they have to win this or their this season's going to be a yeah, disaster. Yeah. But I think that you just have to put some building blocks together of this is the first time they're going to play in front of their own fans in a really long time. Yeah, I'm really happy for them. Honestly, I'm excited for them. I'm excited yeah. for the fans. I'm excited for the team. Um, I think that, you know, we said all of this stuff, right. But I do think that if you're an individual player here, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your work ethic. You have to trust your teammates and you have to go out there and just set that tone of, we're going to talk to each other. We're going to keep it simple and we're going to not let up for 90 minutes. If there is a game where Chicago just, you don't have to do this the whole season, but this game you are engaged and you are talking for 90 straight minutes. And I think that that is where you have to begin. I don't know if they make a formation change. I don't know if they go gritty and just do a four, four, two. Um, I know that their defensive organization is going to have to improve if they want to, keep Gotham off the scoreboard 
Yeah. And that is actually my concern right now, which I don't love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that also the one, the one other player that will be, will be returning to the lineup at some point is Bianca St. George. She was cleared to train with the team this week. Um, though is not quite ready for games. Um, that is a piece that I think will make a big difference for them as well, though. I don't know if that's going to, I don't think that's going to be Gotham, but, um, yeah, we're going to be there, right. We're going to go. And <laughs> what I'm going to be watching for, well, seeing all of my friends, but also, <laughs> uh, but also I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be listening. I want to hear it yeah. in addition to seeing it. And I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Same, same here. I think, um, we were very fortunate to be able to take in a couple games for the Red Stars during an ongoing pandemic, whether it was a couple of games for the fall series or some of the challenge cup matches and, um, no fans and still really quiet, still really quiet on that pitch. And, uh, I'm excited as always. There's, there's always something incredibly special about that first match day at home. Um, I'm that's, that's the silver linings that I'm taking about it. I mean, you want to stay hyped for the season because it is, it is technically still early. That's just a fact. It's going to be match day two for the Red Stars. They're going to have Morgan Gatra back. They are going to debut some jerseys. Question oh, mark. That's right. They yeah. have been yeah. teasing the uh, jersey release uh, for this game. And um, first in peace to the elevated kit. We love you forever. You are the greatest Red Stars kit of all time until another kit proves otherwise. Um, I'm going to take some early bets here and say that this kit is not going to trump the elevated kit. <laughs> Um, I have no insider info. This is just gut feeling. y'all. Yeah. Hard to do. Uh, and I'm going with a gut feeling because I don't know if anyone else out there has eyeballs, but all of the sort of, uh, social, uh, engagement that the Red Stars have been putting out, uh, you can see a certain trend. So we see a lot of black. We see a lot of stenciling. Spray paint, kind spray of. Spray paint. So um, we will see. And we will all have opinions about it, I'm sure, uh, once we once we see the kids. So that's also something that I think people are probably looking forward to, too. But obviously, I'm with you. The biggest thing for me, dude, is uh, being able to get into that stadium and cover another Red Stars game and another kick off another regular season. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that my one final thought about that is just, you know, Chicago's never been a team that has been like, our home is our fortress and we never lose there, but they really just haven't had you, you talk about maybe the anomaly of the results in 2021. They were the only team without fans. I don't know. I, I think that that has to be taken into consideration yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think um, if you're, if you're somebody who's listening to this, and um, you are in you you are in a position to be able to attend yeah. a Red Stars game. You know, make it count, man. Yeah. It's been it's been a long time, yeah. and I know if we are missing the environment, I can't imagine what the players are feeling. It yeah. means something. It means more than something. It means a whole lot when they have support behind them um, during these games. So I can't wait to see what, you know, supporters group Chicago local one, three, four has worked up and I can't wait for the ticket holders who are going to venture out to this game 
you know, bring the enthusiasm for these players because that's truly probably what's been the missing piece, you know, for, for this team. Yeah. If you're looking at a team that's like really struggling to sort of find their why telling, you know, if you, if you said you look at the performances and you say, well, this team hasn't had a single person cheering for them in like, you know, 550 days, you'd be like, that makes sense. I get that. Yep. Claire, um, who do you not want to have a good game for Gotham and who do you want to have a good game for Chicago? Let's close (sighs) it up. I do not want Carly Lloyd to have a good game. (laughs) Tampoco. I do not want Carly Lloyd to have a good game either. Listen, um, there's something about veterans in this league, man. And they like to remind the red stars that they run the show. And I'm talking about, it could be a Christine Sinclair. It could be an Amy Rodriguez. And guess what? It could be a Carly Lloyd. Yeah, so I'm yeah. with you on that. I'm hundred percent in agreement. That was also my choice. I do not want Carly Lloyd. To have a good game. <laughs> Who do you want on the rest of us to have a good game? Um, okay. Here's what I want. I want, I'm going to be completely honest. And this is again, I'm shooting for the freaking stars, but I want two goals. I want a multiple goal game. And I want actually both of them to be scored by Mallory Pugh. I want her to pop off, man. I want her to like show people, be like, hey, this is going to be my year. Watch out. Absolutely. Again, two, two for two. I, I want Mal Pugh to, to ball out. Yeah. I'm, I believe in Mal Pugh. And um, it's been fun watching her, watching her play these limited minutes that she's got uh, with the Red Stars. She looks like she is ready to pull the trigger every single time she's out there. And you love to see it. Uh, I've missed that energy um, in a front line for the Red Stars. So it's been good to see it. I hope she gets a couple too. Let's hope for a Red Stars win. It'd be nice to cover one sometime this year. Folks, thanks again, as always, for listening with us and to us through the good times, the tough times, the rough times, the bad and the good. Uh, We just want to let you know if you've enjoyed what you heard, you can continue your support. Uh, of Southside Trap directly. The best way to do that is via our patron. You can find a tier that works for you. We have subscriptions that started the $2 tier and go all the way to $25. Find one that works for you. Um, you know, if not, we understand that times are hard all over. If you're unable to support financially at this time, there's a multitude of ways for you to continue your support of our work. And you could do that by following us on all social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can also find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Give us a like, a rating, subscribe, leave us a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everybody, continue to make good choices. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Wear your mask. Get vaxxed when you are able and continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back next week, hopefully, to cover a Chicago Red Stars win. Go Red Stars, baby.